Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. Welcome to Grit and Gravitas with Anne and Annie, bringing you savvy, spirited stories of success. We're excited to deliver 30 minutes of inspiration, impact, and goodness. We'll be bringing you guests and friends from around the country who have very special work and personal journeys. I'm Ann Dieter Gallagher, your co-host with Annie Carnathan, and this is Grit and Gravitas. Let's go. I'm super excited to have a very special, we say this every time, Annie, uh, very special guest in the podcast studio for Grit and Gravitas. This young lady has both of those qualities. I have long been inspired by Crystal Turner Childs. We are beyond grateful that you're going to join Annie and myself for 30 minutes. I'm excited. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I am just, uh, I just love when women come together and we just kind of get together and just speak our truth. That's what I'm looking forward to. We are all about that. Yes. Can I just say the level of the room when, when Crystal walked in? I mean, this, this, this woman, and we can see on video, if you're looking on YouTube, is bodacious. She has it going on. I mean, just like, just so graceful, so attractive, and yet I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side. Right? So I know, we're on the so, good side. Yeah, right? I do think there's just that that power and that awareness. So really, there is really energy. Crystal, yes. you said that earlier, good energy. Good if energy. you uh, follow you on instagram i love i mean i i check it several times a day and when you walked into the office i feel like do i want to go down uh, drop down and do push-ups what i want to do something that looks like i'm really intentional about uh health and wellness which we're going to get to too yeah uh but i love your story i mean you've you've been an inspiration for more than 20 years in uh, the capital city region but you've changed some of your story now, and you have uh, probably an even stronger emphasis on health and wellness. Yes. Uh, but can you give us a little backstory on the Pennsylvania State Police? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> currently, I serve as a member of the Pennsylvania State Police. It's, this is my 23rd year. Wow. wow. Cheers. As of February 23rd, yes. 23rd year. Bravo. And uh, I'm serving now as a director of the Bureau of Forensic Services, which is awesome. So sexy. People that love <laughs> people that love CSI. You know what Ooh. I mean? Like that. That's what is that I oversee. The blood splatter stuff. Yeah, the is DNA, that, uh... serology, trace evidence, ballistics. I oversee all of the labs across the state, and it's a tremendous um, responsibility because. Uh, I like people to understand that we work on behalf of victims. Okay. Wow. Evidence comes Give in. Give them a voice. Correct. Evidence comes in. We, we process it and we get, we try to move as fast as we can to ensure that justice is served. So I have wonderful, phenomenal scientists as well as troopers that work in the lab. Yeah. And I just absolutely love being the director of the Bureau of Forensic Services. Uh, 
it's just been it's just been a great time. It's been a great time. Well, thank you for your service thank with that. You. And our theme here with Grit and Gravitas is savvy, spirited stories of success. And in amongst those, really in almost every podcast, uh, we have setbacks and comebacks. And we talk about barriers to entry, you know, uh, for everyone. And the pandemic has really revealed uh, a lot of gaps that we've discovered. But for you, um, you know, going to college and choosing a career or pursuing a career in the Pennsylvania State Police for a female for a woman of color, that that had to be like how many, what percentage? <laughs> Very of, small, maybe, yes. maybe uh, like 1%. So what were some of the barriers or what sure. was your thought process that would help everyone listening? Like how, how did Crystal get there? Let me just say that um, my story is a little bit different. I uh, met, encounter, had a wonderful encounter with a Harrisburg City police officer when I was probably, you know, in my early teens, I'm thinking 13, 14. Uh, I lived right in Allison Hill in Harrisburg and there was a fight up the street. And when, you know, when we were young, when there was a fight, you ran to the fight. (laughs) You didn't run from it. You ran to it because you wanted to see who was going to win. Well, when I ran up the street to the fight, there was a young man and he's laid out on the uh, asphalt. His head is um, cracked open and there's blood like trickling down the asphalt. My first thought was to turn and run and go dial 911. Uh, long ago, you know, I've yes. been in state trooper yes. for 22 years, so you know how long it's been. We had trim line phones back right. then. So I ran back, <laughs> <We did too. laughs> you know, ran back to dial 911 and police came, ambulance came, all those things. What I did not know as a young person is police have an oblig- obligation to go to the point of origin of a 911 call. So as I'm on the porch watching everything, the police officer starts heading in my, in our direction. I didn't ask permission to use my mother's phone. So when the police officer comes up on the porch and he says, who dialed 911? I was like, you know, standing there and my mom's looking, I ain't dial, you know? (laughs) And, uh, I go me. And he goes, Hey, you probably saved that young man's life today. Wow. You did the right thing. Well, when he said that, I felt 10 feet tall and I was thinking, oh my goodness. And so from that point forward, I had this curiosity about police officers and I always had wonderful encounters with them, even when they would come through the block or whatever. And so when I went off to college up at Indiana University of Pennsylvania and I encountered a Pennsylvania state trooper. (laughs) I read that. (laughs) Got pulled over for speeding. You were going like 25 miles an hour. Yeah. Oh yeah, I wish because my pockets were a little loose after that. Yes. But, uh, got pulled over by a state trooper, and he steps out of the vehicle, and I mean, it was like Imposing. the guy was, yeah, he's like six foot five. It seemed like to me, and you know, his uniform was starched, and, yeah. and it looked sharp, and his hat was down, and he leaned down into the window, and he goes, "Ma'am." and trooper, whatever his name was. That was the first time I had been called ma'am. So I didn't really hear what his yeah. name was. I was just like, he called me ma'am. He said, uh, you, do you know why I stopped you? And of course, you know what we all say? No. <laughs> and he says, you were speeding license registration and insurance. So I did the thing that I was taught. I'm on tenant two. It's in the glove box. Can I get it? And he said, yes. And I get it. And he goes back and I, I'm looking at him in the rear view mirror and uh, I'm thinking, wow, look how good he looks. You know, I'm thinking, cause he was attractive. But I, <laughs> I was thinking, look how good he looks. But 
also the fact that he was so professional mm-hmm. he wasn't no yelling or screaming Treated any of that huge yeah, impact. dignity yeah. and respect huge impact. i was just like wow so when he comes back and he gives me this ticket right i said thank you probably shouldn't have but <laughs> i said thank you and he just told me drive safely and when i got back to college here I am dating myself again. I go to the library and I look up the Pennsylvania State Police because I wanted That's to read. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to know who they were, what they were about. You know, how come this is my first time ever encountering them? Are they only on this side of the state? I didn't know anything about the state police. So right. I did the work to do some research and I found out that there were only, uh, you know, maybe seven, eight percent minority, wow. even less minority females. Sure. Um, and I believe at that time, uh, Ron Sharp, Colonel Ron Sharp had become the commissioner of the Pennsylvania state police while I was in college. And he was on the cover of jet magazine. He was in jet magazine. Oh. I used to read jet. So I was like, who's this dude? And he's the commissioner. It's a <laughs> black guy. Like seriously. So that even gave me more fire sure. to want to know more about the Pennsylvania state police. Um, I had to leave college early cause I ran out of funding. Um, I was, I'm first generation college, so we didn't know wow. much about yes. how into how to pay for college or all those things. So I had to leave early and come home and get a job. So I came back here to Harrisburg and I got a job at Dauphin County prison. Wow. And when I got the job at Dauphin County prison, listen, great training ground. Do not be fearful of jobs and, and corrections teaches you great communication skills because guess what? You don't have to lean on these things that we have as police officers on our belt, you have to use your mouth and your mind and you're on the block and you kind of have to um, talk. That's such pe- great insight it for is. any listener here. To, it I is. mean, that's, that's really, it, you have to know your audience. You yeah. have to, and you, and you, you don't get to depend on all I had was a, a one way um, body. They called it a body alarm. It looked like a transistor radio, but it was only one way. And so it was like a panic button. So if you were in trouble, you hit it and it would be emit a loud pitch sound. And then all the guards would come. It would call all guards call and all the guards would come. So all you have is you when you're talking and you're dealing with other people. But I loved it because it gave me a chance to read body language, Mm -hmm. gave me the opportunity to learn how to communicate with people from all different types of backgrounds it was a good training ground for me. Yeah. And who, who knew it would help prep me for moving on to the Pennsylvania State Police. So you clearly don't have a fear factor. <laughs> your, your line of work and your choice as a female, again, going into uh, a prison setting. Um, so you have this confidence is coming from where? How, how do you feel confident, um, capable enough to go into these settings and feel, you know, talk to yourself, say, I, I can do this. I'm a leader. Uh, I can communicate well. Where does that come from? I think it comes from, I was born in, um, Moxville, North Carolina. If you look it up, it's maybe 10 square miles. It's a small town. At the time I was there was one red light and red dirt. Oh my word. Yeah. And I remember going to the bathroom in a chamber pot. I remember my grandmother having to babysit me because my mom worked and walking me down this dirt road where it was red dirt across the street to get on the bus stop, get at the bus and get on the bus to go to kindergarten. I remember all those things. I remember my grandmother's house sitting up on blocks. It was a wooden house. And I remember black snake crawling underneath. 
And I just remember overcoming yeah. all of those obstacles. I remember vividly. So, you know, moving, having moved here to Pennsylvania, having been able to go to college, even though I had to leave early, um, getting a job and just, I just remember overcoming. And so every time things like these came up, when I got, I look at it as an opportunity. This is an opportunity to increase my salary because eventually what I want to do is get back to college. That's what Dauphin County prison afforded me. Great opportunity. And then while I was there, okay, while I'm here, what can I learn while I'm here? I learned how to inter interact with all different types of people. So that's what I, that's what, that's the way I overcome fear. I look at fear as opportunity. You know, I like to say that it's not that I don't experience fear, but when it comes in, I like to take a bite of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you should like start a class on that. That would, <laughs> that would be good. And I would sign up. One of the things when, when, when someone is accomplished now at this point in your life, you go back and you tell your story and you link all the grains of sand onto what is now the mile long beach and it's beachfront and we have the view and we watch the sun go up and we go down and we think, wow. So what's interesting is, is how that journey meandered. Mm -hmm. But when you go back now to tell it, you know exactly all those touch points that glued everything together for why you're sitting where you're sitting. And you know, I'm a big things happen for yep. a reason. Yep every single thing, this interaction today and taking the time we're taking as women to push that out into the world is, is for a reason. Yeah. It's going to impact someone. And at every point in your journey, either you were really impacted or someone else was. And that's what I think is extraordinary. When we go back and make our own sort of history in the telling, how that led you exactly to the seat you're in today. The setback of what you might have perceived at the beginning, leaving Indiana University and having to come home or running out of funds, which is very common, uh, but then having that opportunity at Dolphin County Prison, which was, you know, which was training, the training ground. ground. And, you know, when we're in it, when we're going through, we see it as setback and we're, it's heartbreak yeah. and it's, it's embarrassment, you know, cause I remember packing my things yeah. mid semester and having to leave and I was embarrassed and all those things. And we, that's what we feel at that moment. Um, but for those people that are young and going through setbacks and yeah. embarrassment and heartbreak, try to find that, that ray of sunshine in there and just try to figure out, you know what, okay, what can I learn from this? Because I'm telling you, as you move on, you're going to come back and you'll say, I see now. And it's yep. going to, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to illuminate so then large it's 2020 for you. Vision. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I think it's, I think this podcast is amazing because you're talking to people and they are, they're telling their stories and hopefully there are some people out there, men and women right. that are going through situations and now they're saying, wait a minute. They, you know, they're not so polished mm -hmm. as they, it appears. They, they had struggles. They had setbacks. There were times when they weren't sure they were, how they were going to pull themselves out and, and look at us and we continue to keep going. And I think if there's nothing else that you get from me, just keep going. 
Just keep going. Well, what we all have in common for your setback and all of us, we had a whole episode on that and Annie wants us to do more on that because <laughs> we really learn in the failures. Yes. And we, you know, I'm here to raise my hand. I've had some, some big ones, but a simple changing of perspective. So, you know, you're embarrassed. I can almost feel that emotion when you're describing it. We've all been there, you know, especially at a younger age where you think your peers, you know, you're either in your teens or young twenties, like, oh, I thought this was going to really be my ticket. And and now everybody's watching as I have to leave my office or quit my job or whatever. But when one person comes into your life and all of a sudden gives you a little twist of a, but you know, that was A and this is B. This is, you know, this isn't the end of it's your not the end. road. You're, you're just starting a whole new journey. Yeah. And I think that little bit of um, hopefulness, mm-hmm. and that's what I love when you, your inspiration and your hope and seeing your um, trajectory and successes, Annie's too, at the level of, you know, in the sweet, C-suite is so encouraging because there's no playbook for any of this. Nope. And I think the pandemic exposed that. Is oh that if you gosh. thought you knew the way before, guess what? We're all rock bottom and we're, we're trying to, you know, get back up again. And we are getting back up again and finding new ways. One aspect of your life that I love is, is you have just invested and thrown yourself into health and wellness uh, for women and, and new opportunities. Tell us a little bit about Femme Powered. Oh, wow. Femme Powered LLC. And I want those Is that your side pants. hustle, Crystal? <laughs> It is my side hustle. Because it's a big one. But it's actually my side passion. It's my passion. Um, Fem Powered LLC um, came about because um, when I joined the Pennsylvania State Police, when I, well, actually, when I worked in the prison, I gained a large amount of weight. I had gained uh, like 100 pounds. And I didn't even, you know how you're going about your day to day, you don't even realize you gain the weight. Right. 100%. You you don't, you don't, you, 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 you just, even though you're buying larger sizes or clothes don't fit as well, you just keep going, you know, and then you always think, oh, I'll lose it. Yeah. Springtime comes, I'll drop it. And it just keeps piling on and piling on. And I didn't even realize how much weight I had gained until I, my back was hurting. And I went to the doctor and he puts me on the scale and God knows we hate the scale. <laughs> so when I get on the scale and he, you know, they're the, the uh, nurse's assistant is doing the, the, yes. the, the big chunk. Well, she moved the big chunk over, boom. And then I was like, ooh. And then she had to take the other big one, which that never happened to me before. That other one, big one, I was like, oh my God, I was 240 pounds. I go into the waiting room and I'm just like, oh my God. I go into the room where he's coming to see me and he walks in and he says, I think I know why your back hurts. He says, you're 240 pounds. I was like, oh my God. And that was when I had this defining moment. It was, I mean, I had been, I had been on medication. I was, you know, that didn't do it, but you know, on um, blood pressure medication that didn't set off a bulb in me because when I went on a medication, they said, oh, it's hereditary. And so the first thing I thought was not my fault. It's hereditary. I couldn't do anything about it. And so just him saying 240 pounds, I was like, oh, my God. But look what happens. Yeah. I'm at Dolphin County Prison, and uh, we had gotten health insurance, and the health insurance allowed us to go to the gym Ooh. on the health insurance plan. Right? I was like, whoa. <laughs> so uh, my friend, one of the other COs, his name is Todd. Todd and I started going to work out together. 
we carved out time for us to go work out. We had to work. We had to punch in at Dolphin County Prison at 5.50 in the morning. Wow. A.M. We would be at the gym. We, we said we will meet at the gym every morning at 3.30. <gasps> so that 3.30 a.m. So that we could do our cardio. And then after work, we would go back and wait lit and wait train. And we did it. Now, in the midst of all this, what you all need to know is I had applied at the Pennsylvania State Police. This is why the universe, how the universe works. (laughs) I had applied at the state police, um, got letters telling me, oh, no, you didn't make the list. You didn't make the list. So I decided to focus on getting my weight off and started losing this weight. When I lost 70 pounds, a letter came in the mail and said, hey, if you're still interested in state police, we have physical agility testing. Did you hear what I said? Physical agility testing. Could I have done? Never would have been able to do that. Seventy pounds ago. Seventy pounds ago. Exactly right. Absolutely not. That's but I have been working out now. That's crazy. And this letter comes and says we have physical agility testing. This is the date. If you're interested, let us know. And here I am. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm 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 famous for rabbit holes. You know, I'm the puppy bouncing around (laughs) on the carpet. So you're taking what I think the three legs of the stool to every woman is, and it's mental, it's physical, it's spiritual. Yes. There is not, in my opinion, a more sensitive subject to women than their body. Absolutely. Period. Period. Could be, could be their face, could be their boobs, could be their butt, could be their legs, could be their hair, uh, their eyebrows. And I believe as, as anything, I'm all about self-love you love, you love the one you're with. Well, I'm with me all the time. I would prefer to love me. So what do I have to do right (laughs) in that relationship to keep loving me? And you, you've bitten off again, one of the most emotional topics. And I think of of course it's medical, medical, mental, I think it's physical, but it's spiritual. We, We have more spiritual warfare going on within us and how do you reconcile the fact that some women will just never achieve whatever goal it is they have weight wise because the focus is not the weight not the physical weight not the what the scale appears the focus is here it's the mental weight we have to reconcile ourselves with what's going on here mentally. I submit to you that when I was overweight, it had nothing to do with, um, the eating had nothing to do with the the taste of food. Mm -hmm. The eating had to do with emotional depression, comfort, comfort, um, just not feeling good support you know, support feeling, still feeling embarrassed because I had, I had left college and didn't, and didn't, and worrying about what other people thought. hundred percent. Okay. That those were the things that were weighing heavy. And I had to say, you know what, this isn't about what everybody else thinks. Mm -hmm. This is about how I am taking care of this physical body so I can help myself mentally. You, you know, and what I did was, is I tapped into a resource that I remember way back in high school. When I was in high school, I played basketball. I played over, I played softball. I played field hockey. And I can remember, I tapped into that and I said, I said to myself, when was, when did I feel good? Mm. 
after exercise, after doing something physical, after engaging with other people on a physical level. And I said, I want to get back to that feeling. I want to have that all the time. And so that was what working out did for me. And then I, I felt it coming back when I lost the 70 pounds. And then, uh, you know, then I would yo-yo because life happens. And it's not linear. It's there's not. there's nothing to say, oh, I'm going to work on this. And it's always going always to be, gonna be a linear reduction. Right. There's ebbs and flows. Your body goes through different things. Yep. Stress and cortisol have so much to do with Absolutely. how your body's fighting, right, yes. to keep functioning. Yes. And so I would, I would ebb and flow. And what has happened to me now, though, with Fempowered LLC is now I see the ebb, I recognize the ebb and the flow. And can communicate that. And I communicate it. To other to people. To other people. Yep. And even to myself on a daily basis. And so now I'm all about energy. So when I'm speaking to you about feeling good, like people say, oh, you look good. I say, but I feel so much better. <laughs> And I, and, and, and that's intentional. It's right. intentional because I want people to know what you see is the outer me, but the inside me feels so much better. And so when I, when I recognized that, I said, you know what? I got to do this. I got to give this to other people. Got to pay it I forward. Want, I want to share this. I can't walk around and keep this to myself. I want to give this Well, you over. don't. We feel it. Yeah. Absolutely but feel what, it. The biggest point to that, Crystal, is you're the biggest beneficiary of that. So it's like you're going to get to 100 pounds and say, oh my, this is going to change everything. No. And it changes none of that. Because to your point, and I say this all the time, it's an inside job. Mm -hmm. You have to want it for you. It's such a highly personalized thing. And, and people are in charge of their bodies. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think it's, it's, it's move more. Eat, eat, eat listen, sensibly, eat right? sensibly. Like yeah. I even, you know, the ladies that I work with now, we even talk about eating and I'm not, I'm not a, a tyrant when it comes to eating because I like a cupcake here yeah. and there. But what I want you to do is just be sensible about what you're eating and remember, let's, let's have our, all of the colors on our moderation plate. and in moderation. Right. I like wine. I plan to have some this evening, but I <laughs> it mean, is Friday. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, yeah. So I want people to, to just understand, not be so rigid. Don't be rigid. Yeah. You can still live, but guess what? The living gets so much better when you make better choices about the things that we're putting inside of our bodies and, and, and longer too. Uh, I'm no longer on any high blood pressure medication. Wow. Not wow, one, wow, not one wow. medication, not one. You know, I, I just want, at the beginning, uh, you know, I say to Anne, why your own business at 40, right? Why that mountain? And she said, because I never uh, like being told what to do. So people <laughs> think, oh, but if I want that Snickers bar, I'm not allowed to have it. So, so somebody's telling me I can't have that, which makes you want it. Makes you want it more. Without, it's human nature. Whereas if we can just sort of get into our head of a comfort level, that's just better for us. Just better for and us. And I just want everyone to live longer and I want them to live a higher quality life. Yes. And we all know the, the fitter you are, whatever that definition is, and I don't care what package someone's in, I don't care who someone loves, I don't care where they worship, we need to find love and acceptance wherever we can, but it has to start with us. Yes. And so what does that look like? And who can help you get there? Because you're the only one ultimately that can. Mm -hmm. And it's that self sort of accountability that I think is difficult because it's hard. 
I, I had a, we had a session this week with the ladies and, uh, we took Monday. I canceled Monday cause of weather, but to, uh, I believe we came back on Wednesday and we were working out and some of them had eaten some things that they didn't necessarily like some fried stuff, mm-hmm. foods that they didn't necessarily should have eaten or wanted to eat, yeah. but they ate it because they were sitting at home and things like that. But when we came back to work out, they automatically recognize the difference in how their bodies felt and functioned. And oh my God, I was thinking, I said, oh my God, do you not see what just happened? This revelation. Now you really can understand. You make the connection Mm -hmm. between what you're putting in your body and how it affects you and how you perform. I said, I'm never going to be the person to restrict you or tell you don't do this or don't do that. But now you, you see, you, you feel, feel it, yeah. it. And so it put was, the wrong gas in your car. And how does right, your car operate? Exactly. At some point it's absolutely going it's to going break to down. Break on down. You. Yeah. yeah. So now they, they get it. And I love that. I love seeing that light bulb go off. I think you have a great, uh, passion for service to others or you wouldn't have chosen the career you did. And you certainly wouldn't have poured yourself into femme powered. And Annie does too. And I think part of that is uh, your ability to inspire others. Now you've created this opportunity. And like you said, we're in charge of ourselves at the end of the day. That's a challenge. It's, it's sometimes much easier to say, but if my parents didn't do this, I wouldn't have chosen this round or whatever. But there's people depending on us. Uh, your group of women are depending, their life choices are depending on your role model, the opportunities you've created. Annie's got a a young son still. I've got, you know, sons and daughter-in-laws and grandchildren now watching everything we do. And I think in any upsides of the pandemic have been that we've really chosen, you know, better eating habits or, or walking more, less TV, getting out in nature. Our state parks in Pennsylvania have had more than a million over the top visitors, which I think That's is glorious. Great. Yeah, you know, getting outside. They say sitting is the new smoking. Um, so your message and inspiration to others, and especially young people, um, is so encouraging to me. And we're in an Instagram age, mm-hmm. and I think you know uh, the younger audience can can send different types of messages, but they need to hear the reality of, you know. 10 years of bad eating choices takes its toll and your fa- it will affect your family. It never just affects us. I mean, if you, uh, again, we have to make the choice for ourselves, but if we're also making choices for ourselves, then we need to understand that there are people that are depending on yes. us. And, um, regardless of how you feel about that, somebody is, is depending on you and looking at you. I have a four year old niece and Parker is amazing. And just to know that she's thinking about me, she picked the phone up and called me the other day. And just to say, auntie, what are you doing? Nothing better. You know, it's the greatest feeling in the world. But she probably wants to be you when she grows up. So I think about her and you know, a lot of times, you know, just to have that extra push or I look at her picture and I think she's depending yep. on me. And so if nothing else, we have to do it for ourselves. Number one, but there are people depending on you. Yes. We're That's connected, the motivation. Connected community. Uh, we end every segment, Crystal, with uh, 
what we call a business vitamin, and we've had lots of them here in the 30 minutes. But do you have a piece of high gear advice that you would leave to our listeners or viewers if you're watching on YouTube, um, a a source of inspiration or something you've learned that will uh, help them in their life? Wow, I just put this up the other day. (laughs) Um, I declare and decree that this is the last, that whatever, whenever you say this, this is that from this point forward, no is not an option. No is not. <laughs> we have our marching orders. There we yes. go. Crystal Turner Childs, thank you so much for spending 30 minutes in Grit and Gravitas. And you it will be so you will be invited. You back are for fabulous. More. Yeah, we gotta bring <laughs> you, you back. I have so many more questions that uh <laughs> this was amazing. I thank really you. enjoyed good, it. Good. Yes. Yeah, you'll definitely be back. We're saying that about everyone, which I think is good. <laughs> We got to keep telling this yeah, story. That's our business I got to touch Let's just keep it going. So, Let's yeah. keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. It's our desire that these stories will bring energy, ideas, and fresh thinking that you can use today. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. And have a high gear day. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com.